episode 153 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to play enough games during a pandemic to make doing an award show remotely possible. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, it's finally time for the 2021 Blitzies. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, Book of Rituals and Mansplaining. Then, it's our annual award show of questionable renown, the Blitzy Awards, where we talk about our favorite games of 2021. And now, here are your hosts, Gamby and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode, and that is that the Tabletop Live Network Marathon for this month is this weekend, and we are in the marathon in the 8 p.m. Pacific time slot on Saturday evening, and I'm really stoked because we are going to be playing a number of different roll-and-write games on Board Game Arena, and the chat is going to get to play with us. So if you would like to hang out and play in an interactive stream with us, join us on twitch.tv slash boardgameblitz from 8 p.m. Pacific to 10 p.m. Pacific on Saturday, March 26th. It's going to be a lot of fun. Recently, I got a review copy of The Book of Rituals published by Board and Dice in 2021. This is a escape room type puzzle book. I didn't actually think it would be on Board Game Geek, but it is on Board Game Geek, so that's interesting. The Book of Rituals is a puzzle book with an online web app where you input solutions and you get info back, but otherwise everything is self-contained in the puzzle book. You don't need like Googling or anything, which is what I like, which I've mentioned before, like in escape rooms and stuff, I don't want to have to have outside knowledge to be able to solve the puzzles. I want everything like self-contained. I like puzzle books because I'm able to do them myself in small doses while my kids are awake. And that's what I did with the Book of Rituals. So I just had it on the counter and I played in small doses while my kids were playing. And they sometimes wanted to see the pictures. So the theme of the Book of Rituals is like, you, you have like the secret Book of Rituals with alchemical ingredients and stuff. And you're with rich rituals in there and you're like finding all the secret names of all of it in order to do it. And so it's kind of like ritually and kind of dark. If you've heard of The Conjurer's Almanac, that's another puzzle book that I got that's like similar theme, but in that that puzzle book was terrible and like didn't have any hints. And I just gave up on it because <laughs> it was very difficult and like I didn't know what was going on. But in this one, the Book of Rituals, it's kind of like that, except for actually doable and fun to do. So <laughs> it's like that, but good. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a good hint system and solutions on the site. So if you ever get stuck on a puzzle, which does happen sometimes, like a lot, most of the puzzles made sense for me, but some of the time it, it didn't make sense even after the hints. I would, I would like wouldn't have gotten that. But because there's a hint system, you can click through it and do the solution if you ever get stuck. So you can continue through with the book. And there's a story with it. It, it says ages 14 plus, probably because of the story. I guess some of the puzzles might be kind of difficult too. But yeah, the, the book itself, the Book of Rituals, it's a nice hardcover book. Uh, but you have to write in it and, and it's not replayable because you have to write in it. So that, that made me sad because I don't like writing in books. I'm getting better at it with all these puzzle books. But because it's such a nice hardcover book, like you don't want to write in it. I mean, I felt like that when I first started playing legacy board games. Mm -hmm. Like I was scared to rip things up. And then after I started doing it, I kind of really enjoyed it. Like it was this <laughs> weird, like sadistic thing. Like, ooh, yeah. I get to destroy a card. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that was fun. But also uh, one problem I had with it is that there's a lot of dark... It's all black and white images, but there's a lot of dark ink in the book. So a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff you had to write over was like gray or black. So I was writing with a pencil and then sometimes it didn't show up very well. 
And I don't know if my pencil was also just not great because it wasn't showing up well in the book anyway. So that made it more difficult to do some of the puzzles. There's a lot of puzzles in there. It's divided into three chapters. The first two chapters, you're finding all these ingredients. So each page is a different puzzle. After the first chapter, you can do it all out of order for those all of those ingredients. And then once you find all the ingredients, you can do the rituals, which use the ingredient answers. And some of the ingredients use other answers, but it has on the page, it has like a symbol that says what else you need to solve this puzzle. So like if you haven't solved that ingredient yet, then you can't solve this one yet. But like it tells you what you need ahead of time. So that's nice because you can skip around the book and you'll know if you can't solve a puzzle yet because it tells you. Whereas like sometimes in other books or escape rooms, you're not sure if you have everything you need. Yeah, no, that seems like it would be good too if like if something, your brain isn't grokking something, even if you have all the components, it's nice that you could theoretically go to something else and then come back Mm -hmm. to it. Because I know for me, sometimes a puzzle won't make any sense and then later it'll make perfect sense. So that's neat that you don't have to do everything in a specific order. Yeah. So yeah, that w- it's very good to play just like a little bit at a time during the day, which is what I did. Like that that was perfect for how I've been playing these single puzzle games because it's hard to like play all in one sitting when I'm watching my kids. <laughs> so it worked really well for me. And overall, yeah, yeah, The Book of Rituals is a really fun puzzle book. Had a cool creepy ritual theme. And I I really liked the hints and solutions. It also had a YouTube video walkthrough. So like in addition to the hints and solutions, it showed someone like actually doing the whole book. So if you didn't understand the hint text, you could look at the video. So it's like very helpful with that. So you're never completely stuck, which I think is awesome because it gets really frustrating in these when you get stuck and you don't know what to do. So yeah, I, I really recommend the Book of Rituals for people who like puzzle book escape room type things. Awesome. When I was at Dice Tower West, I had the opportunity to play a game that is going to be coming to crowdfunding this year in 2022. It is not out yet, but I had to talk about it because I think it is something really special. And that game is Mansplaining. And I want to give a disclaimer here. I personally, initially, was turned off of this game based on the name alone. And I don't know if that is because I'm a woman and just the idea of being mansplained to is so viscerally upsetting to me at this point in my life. Cause like I've, that's, you know, any woman of a certain age has had this happen to them and it's really frustrating. And so I wanna say that the name of this game was off putting to me, but it is perfect. Like they shouldn't Mm -hmm. change it. I don't think they should change it. (laughs) But I think there are people who will be put off by the name. But I can't, I could not recommend changing it because it's so perfect for the game. And let me tell you about it and why I think you should be interested in it. Mansplaining is a party game where all of the players are attempting to get points based on how well they can mansplain a particular topic. So when it's your turn, you draw a card from the deck that gives you a specific topic that you have to mansplain. At the end of the round, the other players will have to guess what topic you were mansplaining to them. And you want at least one player to guess it correct, but you do not want everyone to guess it correct. So cut something like Dixit or something like that. So where you Mm -hmm. wanna make it clear enough that somebody figures out what you're talking about, but mostly unclear. So the rest of the players have no idea what's going on. (laughs) 
And on top of that, you also have to draw four word cards from a separate deck. And these are just random words. They could be nouns, they could be verbs, they could be adjectives, it, like a whole variety of things. And you have to work as many of those words into your explanation as you can. And they likely have absolutely nothing to do with your topic. Like you might be trying to explain how to repair a car and the word that comes up is tranquility, you know, like that, like those types of things. And so when you're explaining, you have one minute and the other players are also trying to guess which words you are inserting from the deck. Other players will get points for the words they guess correct and if they can figure out the topic. And then you, as the person giving the explanation, will get points if at least one player gets the topic correct, but not all. And one point for each word you successfully incorporate into your little one minute speech. It is hilarious to play this game. This is one of those party games that like I truly believe could be a mass market hit. This is the type of thing that like if your friends, you know, or your casual gamer friends that aren't really in the hobby who really like games like Cards Against Humanity, this is something that would definitely appeal to that crowd, but is also fun for hobby gamers. And I think that's a hard line to walk sometimes. I think a lot of those games kind of swing one way or the other. And this one, in my opinion, fits on both sides of that line really well. And it is so much fun. We were laughing so hard. We were crying. Like, I think at one point I was like, I think I'm going to pee myself. I'm laughing so hard. Like, it was really, really great. It's designed by Fertessa Elise and Mondo Davis. And Fertessa is a spectacular game designer. I don't know Mondo's work as well. The fact that it is designed by a woman, I think, matters too. Obviously, if this was designed by a man, I think I would approach it differently but gosh is it fun it's great i i'm so excited to see this hit crowdfunding and i hope it really really does well this is one of those games y'all that you're going to be hearing about for years to come so i had to tell y'all about it now even though it is not available yet so keep an eye out for it i'm not certain when it's coming to crowdfunding hopefully soon is the answer but i'm not certain so that is mansplaining I really want to try this. I saw a little bit of you playing it on TLN, like people were streaming. Yeah, we were streaming on a Amanda Panda's channel, oh, yeah. live from Dice Tower West. And I, I don't know if she, I think they clipped, there were some moments that got clipped. So mm -hmm. if people go to Panda Angel's channel on Twitch and look through the clips and highlights, I'm imagining you could find some of it from there. And if, I'll, I might try and go look and link to one of those videos uh, when we tweet about the episode here. But who boy, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's fun. It's way more fun than I think most people will likely give it credit for based on the name alone. So yeah, that's, that's man's blaming. It's that time of year once again. In fact, it's actually much later than the time of year we typically do this, but you know, it's been the, a pandemic for two years and that makes things weird. It is time for the annual Blitzy Awards. Awards, 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 awards. <laughs> yes, every year since the podcast started, we have done our annual award show in somewhat disheveled fashion where we give you all the deets about our favorite games of the previous calendar year and we categorize them in some very 
deliberately chosen categories, <laughs> not Too necessarily just based on the fact that they, these happen to be the games that we liked the most in 2021. <laughs> and as always, we have to give the disclaimer that like any board game podcast, reviewer, etc., we have not played all the games that came out in 2021. In yeah. fact, we haven't played Far most of it. them. Yeah, <laughs> yes. because... A, pandemic. B, we're humans. C, Ambi has two two-year-old twins. Uh, so yeah, all of that stuff makes uh, playing games a little more difficult. In fact, like I still have the new version of Descent sitting on my shelf and I ha- it's, everything is like punched and set up and ready to go and I still haven't played it. And so there is a good chance it would have been on my list, but I can't say that definitively because I haven't played it yet. So, and there are other games obviously like that as well. So this is our favorites as of now. So we have different categories that we made up. So first, let's do best party game. Ooh, yeah. Who doesn't love a good party game? Yeah, because we got so many chances to play that. (laughs) 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 Actually, we have a crossover here. We do have a crossover. We we each picked individually the same game as our favorite party game of 2021. And which one was that, Ambi? It was So Clover. I mean, Repos Productions, man, they know how to make a good, fun party game. They were the same people that made Just One, which is one of my perennial favorites at this point. Mm-hmm. And So Clover is, I mean, I have, to, it's really clever. Like it is. Like, <laughs> I know that that's the pun, but like, it's a very clever word game. And I like word games. I like party games. And it's fascinating. And this one has been a hit with my hardcore gamer friends with my family in Missouri, with the chat on Dice Tower tonight. I have played this in tons of different <laughs> settings and it is a hit every single time. Yeah, the only problem is that the the clovers and the dry erase boards can be a little fiddly to play with and like the cards kind of fall out of, of the clovers. But like the game itself is really fun. But like playing with the physical components is kind of difficult to actually keep the cards in the clovers when we're playing. I need to rebuy this because I gifted my copy to my sister when I visited her in December. (laughs) She liked it so much that I gave it to her, which honestly is a really fun thing to do as a board gamer, Mm -hmm. right? Like you found a thing and you're somebody that isn't as much of a gamer likes it. And so you're just like, here, keep this. So I I need to buy, rebuy it. And when, man, if there was a digital version of this, that would be really fun. And it would remove that fiddliness. That would, yeah. That is our favorite party game of 2021, So Clover. Our next category is best card game of 2021. And for me, this is a game from AEG that came out last year called 10. And that is the word 10, not the numeral 10, in case you want to Google it. It is a really, really fun push your luck game where you are collecting cards with different numbers on them in different colors and trying to make lines of consecutive numbers in each set of colors. It is beautifully designed for as simple as it is and everything is made colorblind friendly. So it is accessible to more gamers than you would think with a card game that's based partially on color. It's just really, really fun. And again, this is another one of those that everybody I've played it with so far has really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. my best card game is 10 from AEG. Nice. I, I haven't played that one yet, so it did not make my list. But my best card game is kind of a cheat. It's System Gateway, which is the remake of Android Netrunner, which I've I mentioned it before, but I got a review copy. Of, and System Gateway, it's basically the same as Android Netrunner, but like made for people getting into it. It has complete decks. It, uh, Android Netrunner is an asymmetrical two-player competitive card game, kind of like Magic the Gathering, but asymmetrical. And it's cyberpunk themed. But like, it was a lot of fun, and Toby and I used to play it a lot. 
and we got rid of it because we stopped playing in tournaments and then now we, we got system gateway and that was it's still really fun <laughs> and I, I have a copy of it as well and i still haven't played because yeah. i need you or someone else to teach me because i've <laughs> never played android netrunner so one of these days we'll get around to doing that well hopefully like the rules online are good at teaching i don't know i might be able to do it that way and i will admit that's not my favorite way to learn games mm -hmm. generally but like i feel like i can just woman up and do it at some point <laughs> yeah the next category we're going to do is cooperative games. So the best cooperative game for me was Moon Adventure, which is one of the Oink games that I think I had been excited about last year. But um, Yeah, you and I yeah. both in our in our previous Blitzies episode mentioned that we were looking forward to all of the new Oink games mm -hmm. because I think it was the first Kickstarter campaign Oink had ever done. Yeah. Yeah, and so we were use, also using it to get all of the Oink games that we didn't have yet. <laughs> or like the ones that we wanted, like Heyo. Yeah. Yeah, so Moon Adventure, if you've played Deep Sea Adventure, which is a push your luck game, Moon Adventure has similar mechanics, but it's cooperative and it has like some actions. Instead of like rolling dice to move, you roll dice to see how many actions you get and then you do different things. And it's really hard. I only played once and I want to play it more. So um, I'm not sure exactly how much I like it, but I, I do want to play it again and it's very difficult. <laughs> so that's Moon Adventure. What was your favorite co-op? My favorite cooperative game, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because technically this is a one versus many game, but it is one that had completely flown under my radar until someone taught it to me at Dice Tower West and I have since acquired my own copy and taught it to others. And that is Last Message published by Yellow. In this game, one player is the victim and one player is the, they don't use the word murderer. I don't, I don't remember how they word it, but they try and like stay away from like kind of more dangerous language, which is good. I like that, but I, now I don't remember what they call. There's a bad guy and there's a victim. And there's these Where's Waldo style prints of artwork where there are tons and tons and tons of little creatures or people or other things all over the, the board. And they're all similar in some ways and different in others. And there's a lot of other little things, little details. It very much looks like a Where's Waldo style thing. And there's four or six different pieces of artwork and the victim and the murderer collectively decide which character on this sheet is the murderer. The other players do not know what got selected and the victim has a dry erase sheet that has a grid of nine squares on it and they can write or draw whatever they want on that sheet in whatever size or orientation they want. So it's one big sheet divided into nine squares. They can draw whatever they want. And each round, the murderer gets to erase a number of those squares before the sheet gets passed over to the other players. So you end up with this weird, like if you draw a word really big across four squares, and the murderer erases like two of them. And when you pass it back over, the other team sees like half of a word and they're like, what, what was this? Or they see part of a drawing and they're looking at this sheet of all these little creatures or people that are all similar. And you're like, did that say yellow? Does that mean it is yellow or it's near something yellow? And it's honestly oh. very, very fun. It's difficult, but doable and it's quick to play. So this one was a, a fun surprise for me to discover and I'm glad I now have it in my collection. So that's Last Message. Yeah. Yeah, I want to play this. I, I just went to BGG to add this to my want to playlist, but it's already on my want to playlist. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <Because> okay. <laughs> so past Ambi uh, clearly yeah. knew what she was doing. Yeah. For this next category, it's just me that has a game and that is the best trick taker category. I have definitely been on a trick taking 
binge lately. That's probably the wrong word, but I've really been itching to play trick-taking games. And the best one for me that came out in 2021 is called He Fu. It is a Japanese trick-taking game. It's spelled H-I-I-F-U-U with two exclamation points at the end. And it is a trick-taking game where you have to play with either four or five players. Each player gets dealt a certain number of cards, then they discard down to nine. No matter how many were dealt, they always discard down to nine. And then you play out nine tricks. And each player is trying to win exactly two tricks. No more, no less, exactly two. And it is fascinating because the act of discarding cards makes, there's a lot of like unknowns in the game, like what cards are in play, which ones aren't. And sometimes you'll literally win a trick with like the four of a suit because somebody will lead with a three and then the other players will play the two and the one. And then you're like, oh, like, and like you'll win it with a really low card that you weren't expecting to. There's different point scoring in different rounds. It's really interesting. So that's why my best trick taking game of 2021 is he foo. Cool. All right, the next category, let's do family game. My best family game of 2021 was Micro Macro Crime City Full House. When you were talking about Last Message, I was kind of thinking about Micro Macro because it also has like Where's Waldo type drawings. Yeah, it's just like busy drawings, right? Yeah, it's busy drawings. It's all just black and white line art though. And you're trying to solve a crime. And it shows in the drawing, it shows the same person in multiple places because it's showing the whole timeline of what happened. So you find the person, you find where the crime happened, and then it's like, oh, this person died here. But then before that, they were walking here, they went to the store. And so you can just figure out the whole story. Um, so I also played Micro Macro Crime City, which was the first version of this game, which came out in 2020. And that was like a really fun game. And then I got Full House, which is the sequel, standalone sequel expansion. But in Full House, it has little markers on each case because there's different cases in the game and it tells you if it's like family friendly or like parent discretion advised or something because sometimes there's the cases might have more mature themes in them so it has little icons telling you if, if it's a more mature case or not so then that's better for families because you can pick the ones that are more family friendly so that's micro macro crime city full house my best family game for 2021 is also one of the prettiest games that I played in 2021, and that is Cascadia. Cascadia is a game where you are collecting terrain tiles and animals, and you're turning them into this beautiful little landscape and trying to put the animals in places where they will score the best. It is mechanically very simple, strategically very interesting. The same mantra I tend to repeat a lot on this show because that is my jam generally. And this one, oh gosh, is it just, it's satisfying and fun and there's variable scoring for each of the different animal types. So every time you play, you can select a different scoring card and it'll feel a little bit different based on which ones you choose. Some of them are easier or more difficult than others. So you can kind of modify the difficulty of the game uh, in that way as well, which is why I think Cascadia is a really spectacular family game that also works really well for hobby gamers. Uh, and that's why it's my best family game for 2021. For the next category, it's just me again, and that is my favorite roll and write game of 2021. And this one I had not heard of until my friend Greg brought it over to my house, like literally not at all. 
and it is called Riverside. It's from Chili Fox Games, and it is a roll and write game where everyone is taking simultaneous actions, and there is a modular board upon which you are going on a boat cruise, like a Riverside boat cruise, and sending people on different types of excursions. And the dice help determine what excursions you can go on and how they will score. It is deeper and more complex than a lot of the lightest roll and write games, which I really enjoy, but it's not so complex that it's completely unapproachable. I mean, most roll and writes aren't, but I think this one strikes a really nice balance of like interesting mechanisms and good decisions, but it's not quite as light. So this one is, you know, not just a filler game in my mind. This is a really solid game and it came out of nowhere for me personally. And I now own my own copy of it because I really love it. So best roll and write game of 2021 for me is Riverside. All right, for the next category, this is one of my favorite categories is the best escape room game. <laughs> this is also the hardest for me because like I play a lot of those types of games. Although this year I didn't play. I think I'm a little behind on the exits and unlocks from 2021. So <laughs> I, I am as well, because as some of you have heard or know from our Twitch channel, I kind of like mildly burned myself out <laughs> by playing a different escape room every week on our Twitch channel for like three or four months in a row. And yeah. uh it was very fun, but like I kind of got to the point where I was like, my brain is broken. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, but for me, what I put is Escape Room of the Game, Puzzle Adventures, Secret of the Scientist, <laughs> which is a long name, but it's a jigsaw puzzle and escape room, which I, I think is really cool because I also really like jigsaw puzzles and I just played it solo. There was also the exit game puzzles that I played in 2021 that I, was actually in the recent, uh, in the, my looking forward to for 2021, but like on BGG, those are released in 2020. So they don't. Yeah, but I don't think they got uh, released in the States until 2021. Yeah, so I know. Counts. Yeah. So, so exit the game plus puzzle sacred temple was really good as well. I might like that more than, than the escape room, the game one, because the escape room, the game, you assemble a puzzle and then that's kind of like the image that you're doing. But in the exit game one, like the puzzle, because it was a puzzle that affected the puzzles, like it being a jigsaw puzzle. So that was really neat. But the deserted lighthouse of the exit game one wasn't as good because the puzzles were very dark and hard to see, <laughs> which made it difficult. So um, I, I really like the exit, the escape room puzzles, jigsaw puzzle ones that I've done. That was cheating, putting all of them on there. <laughs> My number one, technically top two escape rooms mm -hmm. of 2021. Uh, I am grouping them together because they are a pair. It is the Escape Room in a Box Time Drifters series, Isabel's Story and Kira's Story. We talked about this one on the mm -hmm. podcast, so I won't go into too much detail, but this is two small Escape Room in a Box boxes that can be played completely separately and each are a full adventure. And then after you've played through both boxes, you open a component that creates a third escape room game that utilizes the components from both. And that third escape room can be played remotely with people having one box wherever and the second box somewhere else even. Uh, my friend and I ended up playing both of them together and then separating in the same house to play the third adventure. <laughs> but you could theoretically do this over any amount of distance. And I think that's just a really cool concept, especially because it did come out during the pandemic. Yeah, I, I played one of them, but I haven't played the other one. So it didn't make my list because of that. <laughs> Truthfully, I think this one, as far as like just 
complete escape room experiences go, this is probably not near necessarily like the top of my all time list, but it's such a unique experience that I, I wanted to put it at the top of my 2021 list just because I think that it was really cool. And the, mm -hmm. the components in these games are always, Escape Room in a Box is my favorite series of Escape Room mm -hmm. games. So I really enjoyed it for that mm -hmm. reason. I did also want to give a shout out to a game that came out in 2020 that I didn't play until 2021. And that was the Scooby-Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion, which is one of the Coded Chronicles games from the op. Technically, it wouldn't qualify for our best of list this year. But holy crud, was that a fun experience. <laughs> Even if you are not a fan of Scooby-Doo, I highly recommend grabbing the family or grabbing your friends and grabbing Escape from the Haunted Mansion because it's a really, really fun game. Ooh, that's good. I have it on my table, but I haven't played yet. So I'm excited Yay! to play. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for you to play it. Because truly, like, I'm not a big Scooby-Doo person. And I yep, still loved <laughs> how the theme worked in the game. Like, it just, it certain things don't make sense in escape rooms, right? Like, the some of the things you're asked to do are yeah. silly. And like, why would they do this? But in the Scooby-Doo world, a lot of those silly things make perfect sense. <laughs> and so you'll see what I mean when you play it. But I, mm -hmm. gosh, it's just fun. And I, I had to give it a shout out, even though it's from 2020. Mm -hmm. Our next category is going to be best theming for 2021. And this, this category, I feel like at least for me is a little bit of a cheat because this is also a co-op game and I could have put it as best co-op, but honestly, the reason I liked this game so much was because of its theme. And so I think best theming is where it is best. And that is Roll Camera, the filmmaking board game, which I have not talked about here on the podcast, but it is a very, very cool cooperative game where you are literally making a movie and you have to do all of the things that that entails, including like laying out storyboards and hiring people and like mo moving, making sure all there are enough workers are assigned to all of the different things and making sure that your the theme of your movie uh, is right. And you're trying to either make the best movie you can or an absolute flop. And so it goes into it's so bad, it's good territory. And it, like, <laughs> it's, it's a very fun game with a lot of really neat thematic elements in it. I will say as co-ops go, this is one of those games though, where everything is public information. And so it is definitely easy for someone to completely take over the experience if you play with players that like to do some quarterbacking. So there's a warning there in case that's something that bothers you in co-ops. But if you have a really friendly group of people who, you know, can just get along, it's, it's a really fun one to do. So that's my best theming game for 2021, Roll Camera, the filmmaking board game. My best theming is Chronicles of Crime 1900, which is also kind of a cheat because it's like the same system as Chronicles of Crime and hey, many other you know Chronicles That's of Crime okay. series. But and we got to play this together. Play. Yeah, we got to play it together. And we need to play it more. I, need to play it more I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a detective or like a murder mystery type, one of those crime solving games. It takes place in 1900 for this one. There, there's a whole series where it takes place in different different time periods and this is the one that we have that's 1900 and you get vr on your phone where you're looking through crime scenes and like pointing out different objects and combined with cards that you're taking out and you're like scanning the qr code so it's an app integrated then the app is what what helps make it thematic because you're like going to different places and then depending on what you did that changes what's going to happen at those places and and like if people are going to talk to you or not so that's very more immersive of a detective game than other board games that aren't app integrated like that. So yeah, Chronicles of Crime 1900 and really any of the Chronicles of Crime <laughs> series is, is very thematic. Yeah, and they're so much fun. I really like those games a lot. All right, so next category is biggest surprise. And for me, 
A big surprise was that my husband, Toby, is a designer on a board game. What? <laughs> so in 2021, he helped design 1877 Venezuela. He co-designed this with Scott Peterson from All Aboard Games. 1877 Venezuela is an 18xx game. It's kind of based off the it's based off the 1817 system, which is the one that has a lot of stocks and short short selling and stuff. But it's a quicker game because 1817 takes like seven plus hours or something. So 1877 is is a quicker game and more stock things. I think uh, I only played it once, <laughs> but the the main surprise is that. Toby is his his name's on the game box, and so we have the game box with his name on there. And that's so cool. Yeah, so that's cool. And then we have it in our little shelf, and then my kids can go there and say like, "That's Daddy's game." They they actually know which one is his oh, game. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> my biggest surprise in 2021 uh, is a game from Brotherwise Games called Overboss. And the reason that this one was a surprise to me is because many, many, many years ago, one of the first games I think I ever kickstarted was actually Boss Monster from the same company. And it was earlier in my time as a hobby board gamer, and I still, I was not a huge fan of Boss Monster. I liked the idea, I liked the 8-bit art in it, but really I ended up not being super keen on that game. I'm glad it did well for them, obviously. But Overboss is another game kind of set in the Boss Monster universe. And so I think immediately my brain, because it didn't like Boss Monster, kind of discounted this one as, oh, I probably won't like this either. Which obviously, we all know we shouldn't make assumptions like that, but our brains are fickle. So when I played Overboss, I was like, holy cow, this is really fun. <laughs> like, it's actually mechanically a little bit sim similar to Cascadia, which I named as my best family game of the year. But Overboss has like a cool theme where you are literally the overboss of a dungeon, like trying to get baddies stocked up into the area. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to make sure everything is like laid out a specific way and certain rooms are next to other rooms and certain monsters are in certain places. And it works really well. The mechanics are fun and there's also a lot of variable setup things in it. So again, you can make the game kind of simple or more complex depending on who you're playing with and what kind of experience you're looking for. And I, I, I will say, Overboss, it's super great. If you were like me and you weren't keen on Boss Monster and you've seen this one and passed over it, I would say maybe give it another chance. It is quite fun. So that's my biggest surprise, Overboss. Cool. Our next category is Best Dexterity Game of 2021. And I will admit, I got a couple of really great dexterity games in 2021, but this was an easy choice for me simply because of how cool and unique this one is. My pick is Kabuto Sumo, designed by Tony Miller and published by Board Game Tables. Y'all have heard me wax poetic about Board Game Tables a whole lot. Kabuto Sumo is a game where you are bugs sumo wrestling one another and literally pushing wooden discs off of a platform sumo wrestling style. It is unique. It is interesting. There are cool special powers for each bug. It can be played with anywhere from two to four players. I just, it's, these are the types of games I love owning and having in my collection because they are unlike any other game in my collection. I can't liken this one literally to anything else I own. And that to me makes it re something really special. So my best dexterity game for 2021, Kabuto Sumo. My best dexterity game for 2021 is For Science. 
which it was made by Gray Fox Games, our sponsor. Gray Fox, shout out to our, po- or to our sponsor. So yeah, d- disclaimer, I-, I got a review copy and it's from our sponsor. But in Fort Science, it's a real-time cooperative dexterity game where you're trying to work together to make a universal vaccine. And there's a lot of stuff going on. There's like puzzle building and then, but like the dexterity part is these blocks that are different colors and you're trying to stack them with certain rules based on the cards that you put down for your like specific cure you're working on. And so you have to like have the red one so it's not touching the blue one that's near it, but it is touching this green one. So you're like stacking them all like that. And this is all real time. It's timed. You have to do all of the stuff <laughs> and get like to a certain threshold of points in 10 minutes or something. I don't, I don't remember the time limit, but yeah. So I like real time cooperative games. So it's kind of a cheat because it's not just dexterity. <laughs> But yeah, so for science, it was a lot of fun and my favorite dexterity game of 2021. Awesome! Before we do our best game of 2021, we let's do our best game that was new to us, but was not a 2021 release. So for me, I, I it's hard to pick between two different games. So I'm going to say Bus, which is a splatter game, but I only played it once. That was really fun. But then also the Search for Planet X, which is a deduction game which is also really fun. And I played it twice. So um. I also got to play Search for Planet X this past year and really liked it as well. So Yay. yeah, that's a super fun deduction game. Yeah. So yeah, it was really good deduction with an app. And Bus is a game you're like picking up and delivering passengers and it's very cutthroat. Lots of stuff. You're, you have to like make bus routes and do action selection, but then like competing against other players for getting the passengers and stuff. And it's very cutthroat. And I want to play that again but I don't own it. So <laughs> I also don't own Search for Planet X, but my friend has it. But yeah, both of those were great new to me games that were not 2021 releases. My best new to me game from 2021 will probably come as no surprise to anyone who's heard me talk about board games or has played games with me on Board Game Arena uh, during the pandemic. That is Kalos. Kalos is a modern classic board game, highly acclaimed and also infamous for the original box cover, which has a very dour looking (laughs) king on the cover. It is a worker placement game where you are gathering resources, building buildings and earning victory points. And that sounds really boring. And trust me, I get it because I didn't play it for a very long time, kind of for that reason. Holy crap, is it fun though? I love Kalis so much. And I've now played regular Kalis and Kalis 1303. I prefer the original to the newer version. I still don't own my own copy, but I've played it a lot of times on Board Game Arena and will be buying my own copy of the original version, either it's first or second edition at some point. But I'm really, really glad that I finally got to try this one. And it's made me want to try other older games. I just recently in 2022 played Alhambra for the first time. And I was like, how have I not played this game? This is super fun, it's tile lane. Why didn't somebody like shove this in my face at some point and make me play it? Yeah, I'm, I'm apparently learning some of the modern classics and uh, that's been pretty fun for me. So yeah, my favorite new to me game, Kalis. It is now time for the ultimate award. Very prestigious, <laughs> highly acclaimed. Everyone's going to be talking about it. <laughs> Our favorite, the best game of 2021 for each of us. I will do mine first. It is actually one of the games that I was most looking forward to coming out in 2021. So I apparently at least predicted this one correct. It is Return to Dark Tower from Restoration Mm -hmm. Games. Y'all, it's so good. I just 
going on an adventure, the interactive electronic tower making cool noises and spinning and spitting out skulls onto the board and just like, oh gosh, it's fun. And now that I've played it a few times, I really, really, truly do love it. I just got all of the expansion content. I haven't gotten to dig into that yet, but I'm really looking forward to. This game is exactly what I wanted it to be. And I'm so stoked that it's in my collection. This is going to be one that'll be hitting my table for a very, very long time. So best overall game 2021 for me, Return to Dark Tower. Yay. My, my best overall is The Book of Rituals, which I just talked about and recently nice. played. So yeah, you can go back to that section if you forgot what it was. But yeah. <laughs> Because I really like escape room puzzle type things, so. Awesome. Well, now that we've talked about all of the stuff that we really enjoyed in 2021, I suppose we should uh, take a look at what we're looking forward to coming in 2022, which is this year, which we're already like a third of or a fourth of the way done with now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is hard because it's like, oh, wait, these are out, but but we were looking forward to them at the beginning of the year. So we can count that. <laughs> that is true. In fact, I actually just got one of my... Like one, a game that probably would have been on this list. I just got it in the mail this week. So technically I'm still looking forward to it because I haven't played it yet. It's called Voices in My Head. Oh. Once I heard, yeah, once I heard about the theme of this one, that everybody's a different like aspect of this person's mm -hmm. personality and they're trying to compete uh, as this person is on trial in a courtroom to like make him make different decisions. It sounded really interesting and I'm excited to play it, but I have mm -hmm. it now, so. <laughs> Yay. So for me, the ones that are out, <laughs> there are um, Familiar Tales, which is a storybook game. It's on my table and I haven't gotten to play it yet. I want to. <laughs> yeah, I want to. But yeah, I don't know when I'll ever get the chance to play it because I'm probably not buying it, but I, I do want to try it. And then there's Cryptid Ur Urban Legends, which I've seen people getting now. It's a two-player version of Cryptid, I think. So Cryptid was, is a deduction game that I like. It came out a while ago, but then there's a two-player version and I like two-player deduction game. Sounds good. Uh, so I like that. And then speaking of deduction games, there's also Paint the Roses, which I, is that out yet? I'm not sure. It is not. No, it, it has not, not shipped okay. yet. I got to play it at Dice Tower West because the Brothers oh, okay. Murph had a really nice prototype version. But yes, it has not shipped to Kickstarter backers yet. Okay, well, that one is another deduction game that I... So yeah, basically all these deduction games end up going on my want to playlist. You just want to think a whole lot is what you want to do. <laughs> I just love deduction. <laughs> I mean, I can say in having played Paint the Roses, it's great. So I think it's a good one for you to be looking forward to. Another one for me is Artisans of Splendent Vale, which is the new Nikki Valens game that's going to be coming mm. out this year, which I backed on Kickstarter. And I'm super stoked about the aesthetic looks great. The, the descriptions look great. Like it's, it's another game where you get to go on an adventure. And apparently that's my jam. You like deducing things and I like going on big adventures. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then another one on my list is the Exit the Game Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, you like you escape know rooms I like and you Lord love Rings. Lord of the Rings, yes. so yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah, that's that's my, that's me. <laughs> I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. And then the last one on my list is Weather Machine, which is another one where I'm not sure when I'll be able to play it because I did not back the Kickstarter. But this is a Vital Lacerda game. I like a lot of Vital Lacerda games, but I haven't played any of the new ones since Lisboa. So I have to, I like, still have a big backlog of games of his that I need to play, including Weather Machine, which is coming out this year. <laughs> Nice. Well, we would love to hear from you all. What were your favorite games in 2021? And what games do you think we left off our list? Either because we haven't played them yet or 
if you're like me and didn't track games in 2021, forgot all about them, even though they were delightful because brains are weird, y'all. So you hit us up on all of the usual places to let us know what games were your favorite and what games from 2021 you think we would enjoy that we haven't mentioned in this episode. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Last Light is coming to GameFound next week on March 29th. Don't miss your chance to get the 4X game Condors have been raving about for months. And don't forget, Blitzketeers get 20% off non-exclusive items when you use the code GFGBLITZ2022 at GameFoxGames.com. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash worldweblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Mott. Technical support provided by Toby Mount. Until next time, play when you want, play it when you need, play it in the morning, I'll be on the way. Play it when you want, play it when you need, tell me your favorite game, I'll be on the way. Bye, everyone. Bye. TLN is this weekend. You f- blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. All right. <laughs> Take two. And the whiteout or whiteout. <laughs> Dry erase markers. Dry erase. Oh, because I was thinking whiteboard and then yeah, yeah, face. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the next episode, no, the next um, topic, what's it called? Category? Theme. Category. Yeah, I got that. Category. Oh my God. Okay.